The views expressed on Teacher Vision are those of the interviewee and interviewer and do not represent Screenlight Allies as a whole. Each sold separately. Batteries not included. Adults assembly required. And other disclaimers on television you've heard all the time apply here as well. Hello there, and welcome to Teacher Vision, where everyone has a different vision of learning, episode number 21. Or, as everyone used to say a few years ago, 21. My name is Jose Briseño, and today, besides being legal to drink, we're going to do something even more different. We've interviewed teachers of the visually impaired. We've interviewed students that have participated in classes where I've been able to present. And today, we're going to go to my side. That is the blindness side. We're going to start a series on me interviewing a blind entrepreneur who did not realize that his software was going to revolutionize the world of music. We're talking about Mr. Bill McCann from Dancing Dots, a company that specializes in music creation software that is accessible to blind and visually impaired musicians. You can check out more information about his company and purchase his products at dancingdots.com. You will also see on the show notes a review that yours truly did on this software. I would like to thank Mr. McCann for allowing me to do that review and allowing me to interview him today on this extended interview that actually will be a little bit longer than others because we're going to start from the very beginning. On part one, we're going to talk about when he was a child, what it was like in school, and how he was able to make friends and socialize and adapt to the sighted world. Also, touching faces, all this and more right here on the first part of the interview with Mr. Bill McCann on Teacher Vision by Screenless Allies. Mr. Bill, it is an honor for me to have you on Teacher Vision. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Hey, thanks, Jose. Thank you, man. It's great to be here. Thank you, sir. Like I said, I really appreciate it. I never thought I would have this privilege to be able to interview you, like, honestly. I wow. really never thought this would happen. All you got to do is ask, you know? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Let's start off with some of the very basic questions here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, like your hobbies, you have any favorite foods. If anyone asked you who Bill McCann was, what would you answer? Hmm. Well, I guess I would talk about as far as hobbies and kind of livelihood kind of blend in because music is what I love. You know, music is definitely what I love as far as what I'd like to do with my time. Of course, you know, years ago, I think when Tom Landry was a coach of the Cowboys, you know, your team down there. Um, Dallas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at his funeral, somebody said he was all about faith, family, and football. So I'm going to be all about faith, family, and music. That's about summing me up. But as far as about hobbies, yeah, really the music thing, I started out, I thought, you know, music was going to be it for me. And in a sense, it still is. But I was thinking, I'll play the trumpet. They'll throw the money. It'll be great. You know, but right. And I did learn to play the trumpet a bit. And I did make some money. But I reached the point early on, actually, when I was in my early 20s, where I was like, okay, I'm not going to be the next whoever trumpet player. And I don't want to be this poor for that long. So I ended up studying computers and learning to program and working for an oil company here in Philadelphia and doing business programming and stuff like that. But finally, I was able to take the interest in music and my um, 
skills with programming and put it together and start a business called Dancing Dots, as you know. Yes, sir. And we'll get to that in a second. Actually, you're, you're jumping ahead a little bit. Yeah, I'm, so, getting, to, I'm getting ahead of you. Okay, you're, getting ahead of, you're getting ahead of me over here. All right. Um, All right. Take but, control. Take control. Yes, sir. Of yes, sir. yes, sir. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. You're getting ahead. But okay. it's a good thing, though, because it gives a good segue of what can be expected. Are you totally blind? Do you have vision? And were you born totally blind if so? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was born with a certain amount of sight. I wish I knew what my acuity was. I don't. But... I do remember a lot of visual images. Well, what we didn't know when I was born was that the mild fever and slight rash that my mom had a few months into her pregnancy with me was actually German measles or rubella. And rubella in congenital conditions can occur. And sometimes it's severe mental retardation. But in my case, it generated or induced glaucoma. So glaucoma usually comes with age, as you probably know, a lot of older folks. And that's why Anybody listening, if you're getting a little older, go see your eye doctor every couple of years, get them to check the pressure because glaucoma is a thing that you don't know you have until it's done a lot of damage. You can't really determine that there's been damage until it's too late. So if he checks your pressure, your interocular pressure, you can detect it. There's no cure for glaucoma, but you can treat it. And anyway, I had glaucoma and back in the 60s when I was a kid, there was definitely not only no cure for glaucoma, but there were very few treatments. And so long story short, by the time I was six and after dozens of hospitalizations, basically the glaucoma did its worst and destroyed my retinas and optic nerves and the whole deal. So yeah. So by the time I was six, I was totally blind, but having seen some things was a blessing and having to be able to relate somewhat visually to the world, I think was a good thing. Now that you're older, do you ever wish, you know, man, I wish I could see X, Y, Z, or are you more like, you know what, I'm just going to picture it my own way? I think there's a blend of those things. You know, some days it's just like, I forget I'm blind. In fact, one of the best compliments I think I ever got was from a former neighbor of ours. And my wife was chatting with him one day and they started talking about me. And he said, yeah, well, the thing is with Bill, I just forget he's blind. I just forget he's blind, you know? And I thought, wow, that's a great compliment because that means he's zeroing in on me as a person and not me as some blind guy who lives across the street. Right, so, you know, the helpless yeah. blind guy, you know, at the right. <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and, and, about and, that. Yes, sir. I do. And I can say that at my workplace, you know, my supervisor also sometimes pull out something and tell me to look at it and then realizes that I can't see. So it's it's always, it's always good to, you know, it always go, uh, and I point to my eyes and go, ah, that's kind of not something that I can do that easily, you know? (laughs) So that also helps. I was like when you're walking around somewhere and somebody, and you're looking for the, I don't know, the CVS and the guys, you can tell, oh, it's over there. And he's pointing. It's like, okay. That's that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> Where, where's over there? <laughs> yeah, over there. It's yes, right here. Yeah. It's right here. Right, yeah. Right there, over there. Yeah. Over over there. Uh, over, on I your know. other left. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Turn left. What? Yeah. Oh, the other left. The other left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have but, a concussion, but other than that. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, but seriously, and I think if we were all honest as blind people, there would be times when we'd be like, It'd just be a lot easier here if I could see what was going on. Yes, I agree with that statement. Um, I do. 
Yeah. I yes, think that the, the time that I missed my sight the most, that we have five children and the day, each of those five days when they were born, I would, I thought, man, I wish I could see these kids, but I see them the way we see the world. I touch their faces and I pick them up and, you know, I just get to know them the way we get to know things. Speaking of face touching. Okay. Now this is a bit of a follow-up question. This is not on the list that I sent listeners. If you guys didn't know, we always right. send lists of questions to our interviewees. We're going off script here. This is yes, dangerous sir. stuff. You know? <laughs> So Where, where's my teleprompter? <laughs> so do you ever get offended when people ask you, you know, cause there are people that go, Oh, so do you like to feel faces? Oh, you're not going to touch my face. You're so awkward. Get right. away from me. Yeah. I know some blind people learn that way. Others don't. In your experience, when you've gotten that question, what has been your reaction? Honestly, I've only gotten that question once in my whole life and it was a bit awkward, but if I don't know somebody intimately personally i don't even feel like you know that's a it just feels like a great liberty to touch somebody's face like that right and that's a uh, big thing of trust at that point <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's a very kind of personal thing so and right. if somebody if somebody really felt like they wanted me to do that i would do it you know if i felt comfortable but i think it's just a very rare thing and i think it's kind of an imposition for anybody to say that to a blind person like oh you want to touch my face in fact my whole thing about the blindness is you know i meet a lot of people traveling i meet people socially meet people through work whatever and if somebody wants to talk about blindness that's fine with me i'm not like i'm okay with it i'm pretty comfortable with it but if I find that the conversation doesn't change to other things after, you know, five or 10 minutes, then I really just don't want to pursue that relationship, you know? Right. Further than I have to, because all I realize, like I said, with my neighbor, he got to a point where he was like, that's Bill, my neighbor. Oh, and he's blind rather than that's the blind person who lives across the street. There are people, and I know you've met them, where they can't get beyond the blindness thing to find the person behind it. I have. And it's honestly, it's saddening whenever people think that way. I've had the fortune of knowing people that have been nice and have, you know, told me, hey, you know, you're totally blind. But then, hey, what do you like to do? What are your hobbies? I'll give you a good example. Someone actually came up to me and said, Jose, I don't know if you know what a horse is, but I want to take you out there and let you see it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wow, you know, they're not telling me, oh, you know, he's blind, so he can't do this or whatever. It felt really good to know that somebody's actually going out of their way and showing me their passion, not looking at me as somebody who's totally blind. And I really appreciate that. So if you're listening out there, you know who you are. Thank you. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but that actually leads to, speaking of the blindness side, that actually leads to something, you know, we're going to go back to back when you were a kid, back, right. back in the day. Yeah, back. Yeah. How was school for you as a child? You know, they tease people and things like mm -hmm. that. Were you ever mm -hmm. in that vicinity or what was school like for you at the time? Well, school was great for me because... I think it was on my first birthday, my parents figured out that I went for my checkup with the doctor and my general doctor said, well, I think this, I think this child is visually impaired. Anyway, so that led to a whole series of conversations that my parents had with other people. And long story short, they found out about a very, at the time, progressive educational institution called St. Lucie Day School, which is still going in Philadelphia. It's a wonderful school sponsored by the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. And it was the first Catholic school for the blind that was a day school, which wow. meant that I, you didn't have to go and live there. You could stay home with your family and go to school. And so the sisters who ran that thing were so great and they were you know, at the time, of course, I was little five-year-old Billy. I didn't know. These were just kids themselves. They were like young women in their 20s running this program. 
They learned Braille and they taught it to us. And so they taught us our faith and they taught us Braille. And we, from the third grade on through eighth grade, we would spend more and more of our time across the street at the local parish school with sighted kids. So even though everybody at St. Lucy's was blind, the kids at St. Francis were not. And so we got integrated with the kids. And so by the time I was in eighth grade, I spent almost my entire day there. And that prepared me to go to my local high school where all three of my older brothers went. And that was a great experience. I was the only, I was the first blind student to graduate from that school. And let's see, when I went there, there were about 2000 boys in the school. Okay. So it was a boys school. It was an all boys school. All boys. Okay. Were you able to make friends with the sighted folk? Yeah. And you know what really connected me again, we're going back to the music, but right. You know, the first thing I did was like, I want to join the band, you know? So I went and played and, you know, got accepted into the band. And so to this day, I still have friends from those days who I played music with either in the school band or like in rock bands and different things or just jam sessions that I would go to. And the other wonderful thing about the band in our school, even though it was an all boys school, we were next door to an all girls school and the music programs were co-ed. So that was great. So every girl I took to a prom or ended up dating for any kind of relationship was pretty much a girl I met through the band program or the orchestra program. Now, that's actually another thing kind of on that side. Was it hard for you, be honest with me, sir, was it hard for you to, you know, find a girl that you could date? Or just because you played the trumpet, that was like the thing at the time, you know, that (laughs) that you could do that, you know? Um, It's kind of like football, right? You're a quarterback and all the girls want you, even the cheerleaders. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, again, it kind of came naturally because we were all at rehearsals and stuff. And so you could meet girls outside of class. I mean, even if we had girls in class, class is not a place to meet girls or even boy friends because, you know, you're supposed to be in class, you're working, you know, it's hard to kind of like hang out. And then, you know, at lunch, I would maybe talk to a few of the same guys, but even lunchtime, you know, it's pretty much like wolf down your lunch and get back to school. So the band stuff was great because we would, especially because we would go play at football games. Right. So you could... You know, you could sit in the stands and chat and then you could be on the bus and again, talk to boys and girls and kind of be part of the group. And then kind of naturally one or two girls be of more interest. But yeah, it was tough. I mean, I'm not trying to downplay it. It was tough because, you know, you're the blind guy. Again, you're trying to get over the deal like he's just the blind guy. Right. But the conversations, and again, like you were talking about hobbies and things outside of school or outside of work are really the things that end up helping you relate to people you know oh you start talking about music with the kid next to you and then you realize you both like baseball or you both like certain kind of food or whatever it is and then starts to become like a more normal kind of relationship instead of like oh you're a blind guy I can't talk to you. I don't, know, right. I don't know how to relate to you. <laughs> right, right. So it was just much easier with just based off of those hobbies and being able to just relate to the female in question at this point, you know, when dating. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's a little easier because, you know, it got harder and you might be related. It got harder when, you know, guys started driving because I wasn't driving anybody anywhere. You know? <laughs> oh, that's a true point. And this was way before Uber. So. Oh, yeah. And you know what they say? Girls like someone who can drive them anywhere. Yeah. And make their wallet cry. So. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast, dude. (laughs) Don't miss the Teacher Vision bonus on blindness dating right here. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this edition of Teacher Vision by Screenless Allies. We'll 
See you on the next one. Meanwhile, you can check out our website at screenlessallies.com. S-C-R-E-E-N-L-E-S-S-A-L-L-I-E-S.com. Check out our Facebook, facebook.com slash screenlessalliesofficial. And most importantly, please tell your friends about us. And if you have any suggestions or comments or questions, you can definitely email those to info at screenlessallies.com. We'll see you next time, and thank you for listening.